It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode and part two of our Eric Lindros, Quebec Nordiques slash Colorado Avalanche trade breakdown, uh, breaking down the video, really, that Sportsnet has done in their trade tree series, which is just absolutely phenomenal. So... If you missed yesterday's episode, go back and check that out. We start in on the benefit that Colorado Avalanche made out with over the long haul. And if you're unfamiliar with the Sportsnet series and the Trade Tree series, they take a big trade and break it down until you can't break it down anymore. Uh, Every single piece that was moved in the years that followed for the Colorado Avalanche that can be traced back to uh, their deal with Eric Lindros. And uh, yeah, in, in yesterday's episode, we we took a couple of those branches and followed them to the end. And already this thing is paying off for Quebec slash Colorado. Obviously, they got Peter Forsberg. That speaks for itself. Uh Chris Simon, Ron Hextall, Mike Ricci, Steve, du- Steve Duchesne, a f- two first-rounders, one in 93, another the following year in 94, Kerry Huffman, and 15 mil in cash. The only players that they kept through the entirety of this deal are Forsberg and Huffman. And already in the, in the branches that we followed yesterday was Chris Simon, which led to uh, Mike uh, getting Mike Keane for the... And he also played a role in obtaining Patrick Waugh earlier. So they got Mike Keane down the road in 2001, but they also got Mike Keane before then in the deal that got Patrick Waugh into Colorado. Uh, the Ron Hextall tree is... Or uh, branch is incredible. They obtained Adam Deadmarsh. Later on, they did trade Adam Deadmarsh, but they were able to get Rob Blake. And they they got Rob Blake and another player. The other player, I'm forgetting his name. Steven, I can't pronounce his last name. <laughs> he has one of those very long last names. He, the other player they got with the, in the Rob Blake deal, he was traded through a series of moves. The Avalanche got a second rounder from... The I keep wanting to say Arizona Coyotes. It was then the Phoenix Coyotes. That second rounder turned into Paul Stasny. So we're not done. <laughs> that in and of its every step along the way you go along this thing, you're like that in and of itself would have been fine. Oh, and then you add Patrick Wall. That in and of itself would have been fine. Add Adam Deadmarsh, Rob Blake, Paul Stasny, and we're not done. So we are going to continue the the. The branch that we had stopped on was the Mike Ricci one, which we will get back into 
right now. But before we do, like I, I definitely have to have you guys follow on the social media networks because uh, the talk on this thing is just amazing. It's just fun to go back and, and interact with people about what went down <laughs> and the how much the Avalanche benefited from this. So follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. And if you want to send any comments on this thing, send those to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. All right, let's jump back in, and we'll see where this Mike Ricci branch heads off to. Moving on to Mike Ricci. He was packaged with a second-round pick in 1998 and sent to the San Jose Sharks in exchange for Sean Donovan and a first-round pick in 1998. The Sharks ended up moving that second-round pick. That first-rounder, though, that the Avalanche got, they held onto it for a while. Oh, my God, they did so amazing in this deal, man. I'll give you a clue. He finished fifth in Calder voting in 2000. Here's another clue. He was a forward. Here's another clue. He was with the Avalanche twice. He had 27 goals, 50 assists for 77 points in 82 games as a sophomore when the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in 2001. I am talking, of course, about Alex Tange. Seriously. 488 points in 598 games as a member of the Colorado Avalanche. 50 points in 83 playoff games with the Avalanche. We talked about staples on this team. Sackick, Forsberg. Adam Deadmarsh is a guy I always picture with the Avalanche. Adam Foote. Alex Tange's got to be in there. I mean, also Patrick Waugh, Milan Hayduke, they did an unbelievable job of keeping basically a dynasty together. And then people argue about the use of the term dynasty. It's supposed to mean like, oh, you won five straight cups. Whatever. Okay, they're very goodesty. But on top of the nearly 600 games, or over 600 games if you include the playoffs, Alex Tange provided even more value when he was traded. The Avalanche traded Alex Tange to the Calgary Flames for three pieces. Jordan Leopold, a defenseman, a second-round pick in 2006, and a second-round pick in 2007. Now, I'll disappoint you with those two second-round picks. Cody Berkey, Trevor Can, neither of them ended up playing in the NHL. He played 122 games as a member of the Colorado Avalanche, and how's this for value? The Avs traded Alex Tongay for three pieces, and one of them was Jordan Leopold. The Avalanche then traded Leopold back to the Calgary Flames, for three pieces. One of them being defender Ryan Wilson, who they got 230 games out of. Lawrence Nicolat, who they got five games out of. Oh, you can't win them all. And a second round pick in 2009 that the Avalanche used to select Stefan Elliott. Elliott played 63 games. Big things were expected of him. He didn't quite pan out. He was traded for Brandon Gormley, a defenseman. He played 26 games with the Avalanche. Again, another really highly touted prospect who just didn't quite work out. And the Mike Ricci branch of the tree is finally done. All right, so clearly the the piece in that branch of the tree is Alex Tangay. He says Alex Tangay. I say Alex Tangay. Let's call the whole thing off. Uh, doesn't take away from the fact that, again, a fan favorite player. And you will hear that quite a bit throughout this in, entire uh, trade tree. Fan favorites left and right that the Avalanche picked up. Did they, they win anything other than... Tangay in that branch, not a heck of a lot, but you did get Alex Tangay. And once again, you know, you're not going to, when you look at this thing, every single move on here is not going to be a home run. It's just damn near impossible. Uh, but there are so many 
positives taken out of this thing, it's no surprise the Avalanche was so successful over this course period of time. And Alex Tangay is a huge reason why. People absolutely love him. He was a phenomenal player for the Avalanche. And again, one of those things that you can go back and thank. Can you thank Eric Lindros or the Philadelphia Flyers? Both. I think you can just thank both of them. Uh, so we are moving on to the next branch. And like I said just a second ago, how this is, uh, you hear fan favorites up and down this thing. There is another one coming right now. So let's jump right back in. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This next one's going to take a while. Steve Duchesne and Dennis Chasse, that's how I'm going to say them, and I'm sorry in advance, were traded on January 23rd, 1994 to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Bob Basson, Garth Butcher, and Ron Sutter. And I keep making this mistake. He was never on the Avalanche. He was on the Quebec Nordiques. This was in 1994, before the team was even in Colorado. Bob Bassett played 84 games with the organization. He wasn't around for long. Garth Butcher, we're gonna get back to because he's tied to our next branch as well somehow. And then there's Ron Sutter, who is attached to a very interesting piece of Colorado Avalanche history. After the trade in 93-94, Ron Sutter was good for the Avalanche. He put up 22 points in 37 games, veteran presence and all that. At that point, he was already well into his nearly 1,100 game NHL career. But shortly after, there was an interesting trade made. On June 28, 1994, Ron Sutter was packaged with a first rounder in 94 and sent to the New York Islanders for Yui Krupp and a first rounder in 1994. Here's the funny part. With the ninth overall selection, the New York Islanders select 
Brett Lindros. That's right, Eric's brother Brett was a top 10 pick, and basically the Nordiques traded a Lindros twice. Or you could say at one point in history, they had the first rounder to pick both Lindrosses, and neither ever played a game for them. Yui Krupp isn't the biggest name. Born in Cologne, Germany, Krupp was an 11th round pick of the Buffalo Sabres in 1983. I didn't even know they had an 11th round. In the 95-96 season, Krupp only played in six regular season games. The playoffs arrive, he's a star. He plays in 22 games, four goals, 12 assists for 16 points in the playoffs as a defender. And it's probably worth mentioning that one of the four goals Krupp scored in the 1996 Stanley Cup playoffs was in the Stanley Cup final against the Florida Panthers, and it kind of won the Avalanche the Cup. Did I say kinda? I meant literally. It, he won the cup in overtime. He lived every kid's dream. And I think they spelled his name right, unlike Deadmarsh. So that's Yui Krupp. The first rounder that the Avalanche got in this deal, remember, they gave up the ninth overall pick. With the twelfth overall pick, they selected Wade Belak. On the back end, Wade Belak wasn't exactly known for putting up the points. He was known for being all out of bubblegum. He played in 549 NHL games and put up 1,263 penalty minutes. And he played in parts of three seasons with the Colorado Avalanche before getting traded. Wade Belak was packaged with Rene Corbet, a second round pick in the year 2000, and future considerations. That was the package sent to the Calgary Flames on February 28th, 1999 to get Chris Dingman and Theo Fleury. Sometimes that little deal goes forgotten in Colorado Avalanche history, but it was a huge deal. After all, the Avalanche did not win the 1999 Stanley Cup, but it was not because of Fleury. Talk about an entrance. In just 15 regular season games with the Avalanche, Fleury put up 10 goals, 14 assists for 24 points. In the playoffs, five goals, 12 assists, 17 points in 18 games. He brought it to Colorado. Chris Dingman didn't bring the same scoring touch, but he stuck around in Colorado a lot longer, 110 games, nearly 250 penalty minutes. He brought some grit. Dingman was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes for a 2001 fifth rounder. That was used to select Miko Vitinen, and he never made the NHL. And because he never made the NHL, that branch is done for now. So, Yui Krupp, again, another fan favorite, and if nothing else, for the reason of winning... Uh, the Stanley Cup on his his shot just inside the line. Uh, so you know <laughs> we're getting these guys that are are winning us Stanley Cups, and he said it in the video earlier. You know, the, you 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 kind of rate these on did they win you a cup? Yep, twice, uh, and and you can trace so many pieces of it again back to the Lindros requesting a, a trade um so Krupp is the big one there I find it hilarious and ironic that Lindros's brother is included in this however many years later and he's involved with the Colorado Avalanche in another trade uh that's just ironic um and he's right about the Theo Theo Fleury thing because Played 15 games with them. I remember I was a big Theo Fleury fan. And when the Colorado Avalanche traded for him, uh, I was in heaven. 
and it was short-lived. He went to the Rangers after that, uh, which you could say is my East Coast team, quote-unquote. I mean, living in New York and, and you know, having a father that was a Ranger fan. Uh, they're kind of like my other team. So, But I didn't care because I, I was so happy that they got him for a short amount of time, and then he was gone. So, But did well in the very brief blink of an eye that we had him. Uh, but again, you bring in Yui Krupp for this. And uh, again, another piece added to this laundry list of, of awesomeness that we got in this deal. So we're going to jump back in. And like you said, right at the end there, that side of the, the, the branch or the tree is not completely done. And it was the whole future considerations thing, which we will get back to right now. And this is the, the longest branch in this tree. And this is the, the 1994 first rounder that they got in the original deal to get Lindros. Watch where this thing goes. And I think you're going to be quite satisfied at the end. You might remember there were future considerations in that deal to Calgary, and we got to get back to that. This is the last one, but the longest one, the 1994 first round pick that the Nordiques acquired from the Flyers. That 1994 first round pick never got used by the Nordiques organization. It got packaged along with Garth Butcher, a guy you may have heard of named Matt Sundin, and Todd Warner. That package was sent to the Toronto Maple Leafs on June 28, 1994, in exchange for Wendell Clark, Landon Wilson, Sylvain Lefebvre, and another first-round pick in 1994. Now, this whole trade tree has just been Quebec wins, Colorado wins, Colorado wins, Colorado wins, Quebec wins again, Colorado wins. For the Quebec Nordiques, this trade with the Leafs sucked. Matt Sundin scored 420 goals with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Add to that 567 assists for 987 points just with the Leafs. And that of course being in 981 games. I'm sure the comment section will let me know how many cups he won, but I just feel like if you acquire your franchise's leading scorer of all time, you might have won that trade. The 94 first rounder that Quebec gave up went on to become Nolan Baumgartner. The 94 first rounder they got, Jeff Keatley. Never played a game in the NHL. Sylvain Lefebvre was on the 96 Cup team, so that was good. Landon Wilson, he only played 16 games with the organization, but then he was dealt. Landon Wilson was packaged with Anders Mirvold and sent to the Boston Bruins for a first rounder in 1998. Here's why that's noteworthy. With the 19th overall selection in 1998, the Colorado Avalanche select Robin Regeer. And you might go, wow, Robin Regeer was a member of the Colorado Avalanche? No, we gotta go back to the previous branch. Robin Regeer ended up being the future considerations sent to the Calgary Flames in exchange for Theron Flurry, which is wild by today's standards because future considerations usually means literally nothing a conditional seventh or something like that But in the 90s future considerations meant a top 20 pick in the draft So there's an opportunity for the Nordiques Avalanche organization to get a win out of all this and oh, they had to give it up Wendell Clark you're their last hope 30 points in 37 games Ah, but then he was traded. Ah, but the devil is in the details, isn't it? Wendell Clark was part of a three-way deal. He only played with the Quebec Nordiques, never the Avalanche. The three teams in the deal were the Colorado Avalanche, 
the New York Islanders, and the New Jersey Devils. Going to the Devils, Steve Thomas. Hey, Stumpy, there's a feisty high scoring forward. Going to the New York Islanders, Wendell Clark. I can still picture him in those old Captain Highliner jerseys. And going to the Colorado Avalanche in this three-way deal, Claude Lemieux. This was an absolutely wild win for the Colorado Avalanche in their first season of existence. Lemieux had just won the 1995 Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils and on top of that was the Conn Smythe winner as playoff MVP. If that wasn't enough, he put up 71 points in the 95-96 season, the first season the Avalanche were in Colorado and 39 of those points were goals. You could say he was a factor with the Avalanche in the playoffs the next season too, 12 points in 19 games, but we don't remember that, do we? We remember this hit from behind on Chris Draper in the Western Conference Final. It's a hit from behind, it sparks the blood feud between the Avalanche and Red Wings, really kicks off their rivalry, and in some ways, sparked the Red Wings dynasty of the late 90s and early 2000s. Full disclosure, Chris Draper went to my elementary school like years before I did and we had the same grade two teacher. When he was hit from behind and he was in hospital, he was recovering, my grade two class wrote letters to him. And in my letter, I called Claude Lemieux, Clud Lemieux, because Clud, I don't know, it sounded like an insult. I was seven. Childhood Steve doesn't hold back. But after four and a bit seasons, Claude Lemieux's reign of terror with the avalanche in Colorado was over and he was actually dealt back to the Devils. It's actually a pretty big deal. Claude Lemieux, a first rounder in 2000, and a conditional second in 2000, were sent to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Brian Ralston and a first rounder in 2000. The conditions of the second were met and the first rounders were basically swapped. The Devils got the 22nd pick, the Avalanche got the 27th. Those picks didn't end up being huge for New Jersey. The second rounder was Matt DeMarkey. He didn't play in the NHL. David Hale, he stuck around in New Jersey for a while. But the first rounder the Avalanche got, they didn't keep They didn't keep Ralston either. Because we have another trade. It's the final trade in this tree and it's a huge one. The Colorado Avalanche take Brian Ralston and the first rounder they got in that trade with New Jersey, package them with Samuel Paulson and Martin Grenier, and they traded them to the Boston Bruins. I think you know where I'm going. The Colorado Avalanche acquire Dave Anderchuk and Ray Bork. Now, Anderchuk left as a free agent in the summer of 2000 to go to Buffalo, which I'm sure he regretted until he won the Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ray Bork, even in his 40s, astonishing on the back end. 73 points in 94 regular season games with the Avalanche. More importantly, 19 points in 34 playoff games with the Avalanche. And most importantly of all, in 2001, Take it away. And after 22 years, if that doesn't make you cry, you're not human. So how many of you thought when he announced uh, Claude Lemieux was the deal, thought that's what I was talking about? Only to wait a few moments later to realize it was Ray Bork. Um... No idea with that. No clue it ran that deep. And you could trace the Ray Bork acquisition back to the original Lindros trade, uh, deal. None. That, I mean, this entire thing blew my mind. 
Uh, but that when I when when I when when if you're watching the video and it branches down into Boston, my eyes lit up. And he says, "You know where I'm going with this." And I think my eyes lit up a split second before he said that. And when Ray Bork's name shows up on the screen, you're just like, "This is just this is this is insane. This is just insane." <laughs> it just kept going and going and going. And, you know, what, what, what can you say? You just shake your head and you're just like, wow. I guess you say, thank you, Eric Lindros. Thank you, Philadelphia Flyers, is what you say. <laughs> In addition to all the thank yous that we want to throw out to our own team, which are definitely necessary. But, man. Um, so, there's, there's just a, a couple moments left. Let's finish out the video. I'll wrap today's episode up, and then tomorrow we'll just go over the entire thing, break it all down, talk about the the big pieces, and put a nice little bow on it. So let's get back to the video. Just finish that out first. So that is the Eric Lindros trade tree. And the deal very literally led directly to two Stanley Cups for the Colorado Avalanche. And looking at the tree... I'm surprised it didn't lead to more. It directly led to Patrick Waugh, who was part of both cup-winning teams. Alex Tongay is in there, Adam Deadmarsh, Rob Blake was loosely affiliated. We got Ray Bork in there. I'm sure you all know producer Drew with this YouTube channel. He's an enormous Colorado Avalanche fan, and every time we gave him a new detail for this trade tree, he just giggled until he was finally just like, yo, we built a dynasty off of this trade. Well, considering in the first cluster of names I mentioned, I forgot to say Peter Forsberg. Yeah, Drew. I'd say they did. But should Eric Lindros be faulted here? No. It was the Flyers who forked over eight assets, including a player they just drafted sixth overall and $15 million cash. Not him. And he upheld his end of the bargain. He was their captain. He was their leader. He was their best player. He won the Hart Trophy as the league's MVP, led them to the Stanley Cup Final, and had a Hall of Fame career. What else do you want him to do? Looking at this trade tree, the biggest crime Eric Lindros commits is that he's only one person. The Quebec Nordiques, and much later on, the Colorado Avalanche organization did a masterful job with this trade. Specifically, from 95 to 2006, Pierre Lacroix did an unreal job with the team. And it should be no surprise that Joe Sackick took a look at the Matt Duchesne deal and said, yeah, what if I acquire a lot of stuff? And funny enough, so far it's worked out. I guess he was paying attention to the press box when he was down on the ice winning cups. So, my friends, thank you for coming on this journey with me. Yeah, so a journey indeed. And a couple things uh, right in the end, that he alludes to, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Sackick uh, was along for the ride in this entire thing. So, yeah, you think he took notes and, and how to work a deal and in, you know, one of your franchise players or franchise player to be wants out. Uh, he knew what he was doing. He lived through it. So uh, they do have a video. They do have a trade tree video on the Matt Duchesne deal, which uh, I think we need a break after this one because it's uh, just so many moving parts to it. Uh, maybe we'll do that one in future episodes. It's not as long, but you know that, that's relatively new, so I'm sure a lot of people are up to date on that one. Uh, none of them are as long as this one. So, wow. 
what we will do for tomorrow is again go back there are pieces parts that i cut out uh like i said in in yesterday's episode uh where he kind of goes on a little bit about his love of eric lindros but eric lindros does give a pretty good sound bite which i wanted to to mention so um i'll i'll bring that up in tomorrow's episode and kind of just take a step back and just admire all of this and that's what we will do for tomorrow so we got through the deal we saw all the pieces involved where everybody went and tomorrow we'll just kind of take it all in break it all down again and just gloat is what we'll do tomorrow so uh that's going to be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. See you guys tomorrow for the uh, final installment of this Lindros trade tree. Stay safe. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!